Jimmy, Jimmy Crane, Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Jimmy Crane's an improv nerd. Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Hi, I'm Jimmy Crane, and this is another episode of Improv Nerd, and we have taken Improv Nerd on the road, and we are in sunny Los Angeles. And I've been out here for about a week now, and i got to tell you something. We have not seen any celebrities, so uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but my wife and I are kind of disappointed, and we've got a couple days left, so hopefully we will see some celebrities. Uh this show, I'm really excited, is Matt Besser. And uh, if you know Matt Besser, he was one of the original, or is one of the original, for UCB uh, people. And uh, we were lucky to interview him at the UCB Theater in Los Angeles. And Matt talked to us about a lot of things. He talked about working with Del Close. He talked about the New York Times article, which addresses... Uh, uh, paying their performers. We talked about rumors. Uh, there's about five or six rumors we talked to him that uh, about him in comedy. I think you'll enjoy this. Here it is. I am so excited. Uh, I've wanted to interview Matt for a long time. I've known him uh, from when he was in Chicago. Please help me welcome our guest, Mr. Matt Besser. Thank you for doing this. Wow. Okay. I love being an improv nerd. Okay. I think it's the only thing I really know much about. <laughs> being an improv nerd? No, well, improv. Okay. You ever thought that? Like, how much the things in life you know about? Yes. Really? An it's, expert on? Yeah. Not I, and I feel like, do you feel like you can talk? I feel like I can talk about improv as an expert, but other things I can't. That's what I'm saying. This yeah. is the only thing I think I can talk about. Like even things I like, like the Arkansas Razorbacks or the Jets or stuff like that. Like I, I like them, but next to an expert, a real expert, I look stupid. But here, I, I feel like this is something I can actually talk about. Okay. 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 So I'm ready. Yeah, right, right. Can we start about? As soon as we get Arkansas, can we start about how? Let's start in Arkansas. Okay, we'll start in Arkansas. This is that was very public radio of you. <laughs> Take me back to you. Are you gonna add sound effects later? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how did a kid from Little Ar Ar Arkansas get exposed to comedy? <laughs> As if we didn't have any. <laughs> there were shadows on the wall of the cave. <laughs> um, I don't know, I guess the way anybody would. Uh, my parents had all the Bill Cosby records, so that was the first thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I listened to every Bill Cosby record, I loved that. Um, I guess when I would start to access it myself, like mm -hmm. when look, went to try to find comedy myself, yeah. I think Eddie Murphy, his first album was mm -hmm. the big one, where it was like, oh my God, parents will not hear this. This is like forbidden fruit. I didn't know much about your parents. What, what were they like? They're liberal, okay. but they didn't want a, their 13-year-old kid to be listening to but fucking comedy. <laughs> now, were you, um, you guys remember that bit? <laughs> I, I really, from Eddie yeah. Murphy? He does uh, Ralphie, and he yes, yeah. him up the ass. Yes. <laughs> like, to a kid at thirteen, you're like, oh my god! Like you're used to listening to Bill Cosby, and that's the only comedy you hear. And then you hear that, you're like, holy shit! You know? And then you started really in stand up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, after that, I got into like. Steve Martin and Andy Kaufman. I remember getting the first uh, 
video, blockbuster video, about, I think it was Catch Rising Star Live concert, Annie Kaufman. That was another mind-blowing experience. Like, what the fuck is this kind of thing? <laughs> you know, I think even the first time I watched it, I was like, wow, this guy's bombing. Who's this guy? Why did they leave this on the tape, you know? And then I got it. I was like, oh, this is a whole other thing, you know? But you know, when I think of your comedy, I think of Andy Kaufman because you don't care, or this is maybe a judgment, you don't care if, if you piss off the audience. Is yeah. that fair? That's definitely for In fact, I kind of enjoy it to a degree. I feel like I don't want to piss off the whole audience. I definitely would like to have the majority of the audience on my side. But sometimes I feel if you're not pissing off someone, you're not saying anything or you're not really doing anything. Well, was that something you were always as a kid like, or was it more like something you learned from Dell Close when you came into Chicago? Because Dell was big on like, you know, it's better to get a oh uh, God, piss yes. him off than get a laugh. Oh my God, yes. We did this form called The Horror, mm -hmm. where we literally would have, uh, it was not a comedic form, but it was in the middle of a comedic show, and the whole thing was we would take the, the newspaper from the day and look up the worst story, the most horrible story in the newspaper, you know, uh, handicapped kid put in back of car and drowned, you know? <laughs> just like something that makes you just go, ugh. And the whole, <coughs> this was Dell's idea for form, the whole thing was with improv, let's embody the horror and really try to sensitize us versus desensitize us to why this is horrible. Because there's so many horrible things in the newspaper, we just start not to notice it after a while. So he was like, let's really fucking let them know why this is so horrible. So we would do it, and we'd really commit to it. And if you're committing to it, and you're really showing people that, you're bumming people out, you know? And people would go, man, I came to a comedy show, and they just did this rape scene for 15 minutes. I want to leave. And I remember Neil Flynn, after one of the shows, saying to Dell, Dell, we respect the form, but do we have to do it? This is really bumming people out. And sometimes we'd be doing the, the scene, and in the back you'd hear Dell, because <laughs> he was just laughing at the reaction of the audience to what we were doing. Tell so, me about what you got out of Dell, because it's so interesting. I studied with him maybe four or five years before, and you had you you really got a lot out of him, or you had a lot of respect for him. Oh yeah. Such a mentor. Um, well, first off, he was the first guy to me to really teach me something that I felt like I can use this. And there was a lot of, I took a lot of improv courses, but I, I would get out of them and I'd go, I'm confused, or I'm not really sure what I got out of that. Or And a lot of it was too touchy-feely for me. Uh -huh. There's a lot, and I don't want to point fingers at but certain certain guys you know, right. people loved, I didn't love. Right. I was like, this makes me feel fucking right. gross. Right. Like, I, I don't like, <laughs> like there was one teacher who would start like, have you ever been in love? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about being in love. I want to do some comedy scenes, you know? It made me, it made me feel uncomfortable. But Dell was like, no bullshit. It was just like, I'm teaching you improv and he taught us some things. I was like, ah, oh, now I get it, now I see it. And then there was the attitude too. I think you're kind of talking about two different things. He had a great just attitude about life and uh -huh. about. But but when you say that, you have to. He was this big, uh, big imposing figure. Socially awkward would probably be a good way to describe him. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what did you you said he he, he had a, his view on life. He was kind of curmudgeonly, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and I, I liked it both as a teacher and as a person. As a teacher, I liked cutting through the bullshit. I liked that he gave me hard notes. I liked that 
He didn't suffer fools gladly. If you weren't paying attention, he'd let you know. If you were screwing up the scene for everybody out else, he'd make you step out. Right. If you weren't paying attention, he'd make you leave the room. I just loved it. It was like being in a college course. I felt like, wow, we're really taking the improv seriously now. And he called me out. I can remember every note he ever gave me that was like really harsh. And I was just like, just it, it made me change, like getting called out like that versus everybody here is doing great. That was kind of the attitude I was getting other class, I was looking around going, no, not everybody here is doing great. And I feel like I'm being lied to. And so that as a teacher, and then as just in life, I liked how he was just like, for both comedic and effect and just stating his opinion on life, he, he didn't mind pissing people off. And sometimes to his delight, and sometimes just like, fuck it, that's what I think. Um, how did you get to Chicago? Was that the first time you had done improv? Oh yeah, I didn't even know what improv was till I got to Chicago. Seriously, so you were a stand-up. I, I was doing stand-up right out of college in uh, <coughs> Boulder, Colorado and Denver, Colorado. And then I heard about <coughs> how the scene was really happening in Chicago in stand-up big time in the early, late 80s, early 90s. So I moved there to do stand-up. And then I went, once I got there, I'd always heard about Second City and was interested in it, but I didn't know what improv was. Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure they were really doing improv anyway, but I, I went and saw that and I wasn't really impressed. I was like, okay, it's okay. But then I went and saw Improv Olympic and I was blown away. I saw, I think the first show I saw it, Tim Meadows, Chris Farley, uh, Pasquese, and they were all on stage at the same time. And then the Blue, Vel uh, Blue, Blue Velveeta, Velveeta was, was the other team Kevin I Jordan. saw. Yeah. And to me, they're the best Herald team I ever saw. And they just blew me away. And I did what everybody does. I went up to one of them afterwards. I was like, you guys worked on that. Because Blue Velveeta in particular, they would always kind of break into song at the end. Mm -hmm. Jay Leggett did that yeah. a lot. Um, and that in particular, I was like, because they just went to it so organically and like they'd done it a thousand times before that that particular song or whatever I was like oh my god it's crazy I gotta learn this I gotta learn this how to do this so then you go to IO and you end up on this team which is amazing which was the family mm -hmm. and it had you it had Ali Faranaki and Adam McKay Neil Flynn Miles Straw Rick Roman and Ian Roberts mm -hmm. okay now you guys created your own style of improv don't you think? I think what, uh, what did Dell say about it? I'm not sure if we came to this term or he did, but he was like, you guys are doing the spineless herald. Because <laughs> I think we, he didn't mean spineless like cowardly. <laughs> I think he meant spineless like uh, without structure. Um, he did mean that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know when tag out started exactly, if it started with us or who started doing tag outs, but I felt like we we're the first group to really use it. Mm -hmm. And it kind of screwed up the structure of a herald doing tag outs in the middle of the scene. Cause if you're tagging out and going away from that scene, you, it might be hard to come back to that scene in another beat. So we kind of were breaking the herald. And I think doing tag outs and then we, mm. then we developed the form of the movie with Dell, I think the speed of the movie plus the Spineless Herald is what kind of made our fast style and our uh, going for the game style. Be because I almost look at the, the original four, the UCB, you know, what became the UCB style really was influenced by the family. 
Yeah. And would course. you say Adam McKay was almost like the fifth Beatle? Because Adam seemed like... <laughs> well, he was one of the first UCB, too. Mm -hmm. But what do you mean by that? In terms of... Adam was such a strong player. And mm -hmm. Adam, not a particularly... Uh, Charismatic performer, you know what I'm saying? Okay. But 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 intellectual. I mean, he he would find the the, the scene, uh, the game in the scene in like a split second. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if, if that that influenced, you know, what we know today is the UCB style of, of improv. Well, yeah, I don't want to put it all on Adam though. I think the whole group was finding that style to get uh, together. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he certainly probably has the quickest mind of the six of us of a writerly mind that's mm -hmm. for sure but I, I, I do think it was because that that phrase the game even today uh, is is not interpreted and explained the same way from school to school teacher to teacher right right so we were hearing that but I don't know if we ever sat down I, I can't remember our rehearsals back then if we were using that word that phrase and going we didn't find the game I don't know if we were saying that yet I know we were once we were the UCB but I feel like more we were doing something as the family that later as the UCB we went back and codified and went this is what we're doing and we kind of examined it more and put it into words um, and you know originally as I remember you guys weren't a sketch group it was this like the UCB was like this it was a huge group like Adam was in it Horatio was in it we were Armando. definitely a sketch group though oh you what you guys were doing with sketch the, the stuff mm -hmm. you did in Chicago that was like guerrilla theater yeah okay it had improv elements because we would uh, always involve the audience we'd sometimes take them out in the streets and say we're gonna do a virtual we did this show called Virtual Reality, and one of the themes of it was, we're going to take you to a virtual riot. Everyone put on your visors. And then we would take them literally outside in the street with tiki torches and guns and start a riot. <laughs> one time Horatio got arrested and it went for real, put in a cop car, and everyone in the audience was like, this is the greatest show I've ever seen. <laughs> I didn't get the police to be a part of the show. <laughs> but, so that part was improvised, but but the meat of the show was uh, scripted material, and that was the whole purpose. It was like, we're doing improv at I.O. We had a very specific dream to be the next Kids in the Hall. We were like, Kids in the Hall is where it's at, Let's be the next kids in the hall. We don't need to go to SNL. We don't need to. But go to I, here's Second what City. I think, Matt. I think a lot of it was your vision. Okay. okay? Because <laughs> honestly, because you had Walsh, Roberts, and Polar were all in, in in Second City, and I remember having a conversation with you. It was in Bucktown. It was. I'm sure it was in Bucktown. And I got high that night. You, you don't. You don't still get high. Do you? you don't still get high. Do you? Uh, I do, but I haven't for a year. Uh, is it true? Uh -huh. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm having a child too as a result. Oh really? <laughs> you said my wife is, but it's half mine. Right. Yeah. And in the state of California, it is half yours. Um, you said something to me. I'll, I'll never forget. Because I was always like chasing the Second City thing, and you said, you know, why, if, if I do my own stuff, you, you were speaking, if you do your own stuff, that the reader, which was like the LA Weekly here, is going to notice me and review shows. Why do Second City? That's what you said to me. Mm -hmm. And to me, you, when I and heard... And you did do that. I did that, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, but, but the thing is, I think you had the vision to take the group to New York. Probably, because I, I was always, 
you, you're asking about what was the UCB. We started out before Amy even moved to town. Like right. Adam was a huge part of it. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Horatio, those two in particular were definitely a huge part of it. And we were all like, no Second City, no SNL. Let's commit to being a group. Then those two get hired by Second City. Right. I went on vacation <laughs> one August with my family, and I come back, and and half UCB is in Second City, and they all felt really bad about it. Uh, and they went, "Hey, Matt, we got something to tell you." Uh, We're getting so, paid now. For yeah. It. So I was a little upset because, um, like, what happened to our commitment to not? you know, doing this. And I had been a stand-up up till then, and I was making money as a stand-up, and I felt like, if I'm doing this to make money, I'll go do my own thing versus doing old Second City scenes from, you know, the 70s or whatever. Why, why go on the road? I can do my own material by myself and make just as much money. Why do that? And I was like, if I'm gonna, so if I'm not gonna do that, I wanna commit to something real. But here's the other thing about the commitment, because I interviewed Walsh a while back, mm -hmm. and he said that you guys, when you went from Chicago to New York, you'd sit down every year and say, we're gonna make a year commitment. Is that correct? Well, we only, we did that once. <laughs> I mean, we, I know what you're talking about. We, my manager, I was doing stand-up in New York and I had a job out there for MTV. And they did a pilot with me. And the whole time I'm doing the pilot, I'm like, this isn't really what I want to do. This, and I showed them the tape of UCB. I was like, this is my group, and I want, I, I want this to be the pilot. And they were like, well, no. You're here, and they didn't know anything about my group. So then I went back to Chicago. I was like, guys, we're so much better than the sketch groups out in New York right now. Let's go out there and showcase. It'll be obvious. We'll get a show on Comedy Central. So we went and did a couple of showcases. Went really well. We went back to Chicago. We met Salt and Pepper Diner, and we're like, I convinced them. I'm like, don't do Second City. Let's let's do just give this a year of us showcasing before you guys, because those guys were all on the path to go to right, main stage. They, yeah. And I was like, why do that? They're going. People are going to main stage to then go do what we're in line to do right now. Like Exit Fifty Seven was on Comedy Central. I'm like, why can't we be like Exit Fifty Seven? Why do we have to go through this path? So we, they all agreed. They were giving up more than me because I wasn't stepping off a stage. But uh, you know, Amy in particular probably would have been on a stage very quickly. Was it? There's also a rumor that when you were doing UCB, that Amy had been offered Saturday Night Live and turned it down. I don't think that's true. Okay. She got she got offered another sketch show, which was it wasn't Mad TV, but it was. I don't, I don't think even it ever happened, but it was another sketch show that came through Chicago and, and everybody auditioned for, and they did offer something to her. I think Ian, too, actually. But it wasn't SNL. But the, the, the point that I think that you guys, when you laughed and, and had got success, I, th I thought, here is the UCB. They make a commitment to, to, to each other, and that, besides having great talent, to to me, why doesn't that ha why isn't there more UCBs because of what you guys so have done? So hard to do, and I also feel like I think it's actually getting back away from that. But there was definitely a period that if you were going to develop anything, they made you had to be a Benetton commercial. It's just like you have to have equal men and women, equal minorities. So it couldn't be about just friends organically, you know. Like we have the birthday boys here at this theater. It's it's like what seven guys, mm -hmm. and yeah, it, 
took them a while to get a development deal, probably because of that. Obviously, one of the best sketch groups a while around, but then I'm sure a lot of networks like, I can't have a show with just seven guys. Eventually, IFC gave it to them, and, and uh, hopefully it's going to be on. But I think it's really hard to commit to a group and not have some network say, okay, we'll do that, but because that's what Fox wanted to do with the UCB. They were like, we do like this, we do want to make this to a group, but you guys got to add people to your group. This was before Comedy Central even. And we were like, no, we're, this is who we are, this is what we're going to do. The other thing I heard, I've got a lot of rumors here. Awesome. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't love it. Okay, great. Really? Okay. Yeah. One of the rumors was uh, you said, we're going to New York, we're not going to LA when you originally left Chicago because you felt that the, the talent would be cherry picked. No, that's not true. Okay. Uh, no. Right. But there was a very clear reason. It's because uh, uh, LA seemed like, as it is, it's just really spread out. And at that point, there wasn't a UCB theater. To, to, in order to showcase, we had to go to Acme Theater and pay $500 uh, to rent the space and then $150 for the tech. It's like, fucking shit we're gonna have to pay $650 every time we we perform we can't do that so it's a little more affordable in New York and also New York even though it's the biggest city around it is in a confined space so it seemed a little more manageable to us and that was back not no internet flyers and hands is how you promoted shows we felt like where the hell are you going to stand in L.A. and give people flyers? <laughs> but New York and Washington Square became our spot, you know, and Union Square, we were there every day passing out flyers. Okay, so no, it uh, seemed more manageable, and my manager, who really shepherded us, was uh, in New York as well. Another rumor was in Chicago, Matt Besser can take chances, he can take risks, because he comes from a trust fund. What? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I have a lot of shame of asking that question. I can take chances. What does that even mean? I had a job in Chicago. Okay, so no trust fund. No. <laughs> you didn't come for money. My family's upper middle class, but okay. I didn't get any of that money okay. past... Uh, <laughs> that's such a funny rumor. Yeah. And what does that mean, take chances? <laughs> well, it would be like, oh, I don't even like know. Like us poor people can't go to New York to try something? <laughs> what does that mean? I, I don't even know. I know. You only heard that once or a lot? <laughs> <laughs> well, the chances part, I really softened it up because I didn't want to come out and say, I'd always heard that you... You know, it's like, oh, Matt Besser can do this. He can go to New York. He can do that because he's got a trust fund. So my trust fund funded all the other three guys in here. <laughs> well, I'm not. I don't. No, I just think that's hilarious. Okay. I want to hear more rumors now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about. Fun. Where would that come from? I don't know. <laughs> I was a fucking substitute teacher in Cabrini Green, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I got slapped by. Freshman in high school. <laughs> Where do you think that came from? I don't know. That's crazy. Okay, I've heard rumors before, but what have you heard one. about yourself? <laughs> I, I, probably a guy who's here right now. Is that guy from Improv Obsession here? No. When he, when he, he was like, "Is it true that?" Something about me cutting a whole Herald team or something like that. And it was here in LA and I was like, I haven't cut a Herald team since the early days in New York. So I'm like, I don't know how there's a rumor that I'm cutting a Herald team in, in Los Angeles. 
But uh, I think I'm given, I don't think I know, I'm like the figurehead kind of of the UCB a lot, and I'm more active day to day than probably the other three guys are. So I think a lot of times it's like, Booster says when, I have no idea what's Well, going I get on. the sense that it's, it's your baby. You really enjoy this. Is it, would that be correct? Uh, well, it's definitely all four of our baby. Um, I might nurse the baby more often. <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't enjoy a lot of it too. What don't you? What part of it don't you like? Oh, dude. <laughs> I don't like getting blamed for shit that I don't do. Uh -huh. um, like cutting people, or he says this, or whatever. Um, I don't like coming out on stage when I'm performing as a stand-up. And people are like, next up is the founder of the UCB, Matt Bester. I feel like that sounds like now the principal is going to come out to do his poetry. <laughs> I just want to be a comedian. I'd rather just be Matt Bester of Improv for Humans or whatever. Like, like that to me is a comedian versus the guy who founded the theater. Because I'm sure, as you know, that was never our plan. Like, I never wanted to found the theater. Like, to me, it was just like I didn't want the hassles of all the other places we were performing. So we started a theater. And I am kind of a control freak, so it's it's hard for me to let go of the day-to-day. -day. So even like, I wish I could just step away and go, stop calling me. I don't want to participate in this decision. There's just, dude, just day-to-day. -day. We had this guy that rode a bicycle down the sidewalk uh -huh. who was mad at our lines. He said we were breaking the law with our lines and his, his bike couldn't get down the sidewalk. Where I come from, Bikes aren't supposed to go down the sidewalk, but he apparently thought so. So he's going, he's, this sidewalk right here, he's going down, he's hitting people in our line and stuff like that and screaming at him. And we can just go, ha ha, that's a crazy guy. I have to get on the phone with our lawyers and we have to talk, we have to look at, we have to go to City Hall and find out what the ordinance are. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I want to be a comedian. I don't want to be looking at city sidewalk laws. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that kind of, and I could give you a thousand of those. How stories. did you feel about the article in New York Times about... Well, that was a, that was a perfect pain in the ass, exactly. <laughs> about paying performers versus not paying performers. Well, uh, how did I feel about it? I yeah. felt like I talked to the guy for an hour and he took out five sentences I said to make me look like a dumbass. Um, I feel that he looked at it as the glass is half empty versus half full. Like he could have done an article that said, CEOs of company don't take any money for 15 years. Like why wasn't that the article? Uh, theater doesn't charge for people to use their uh, stage for 15 years. Well, to me, that's the headline. Not... But, but here's the thing. Do you guys take some money at the end no. of the year? And I'll tell you something. When I and read that's that not, article, and that's not a, and that's not a, uh, like something we start out the whole thing going. Uh, there's there's two different there's two different companies we have. There's the school and there's the theater, right? Mm -hmm. We don't take money from either one. Which so is you crazy. can I ask you this? You've never taken anything from the business. No. Okay. I read that. And there's I, every there's people there's 50 employees who have made more money off this. Okay, than I, I read that, Matt, and I said, I I felt disappointed because I wanted you guys to make money because I feel you created something. Yeah, you I know. And, and the other thing, <laughs> and the other thing is, I I totally believe people should get paid for performing, and I think anybody here should go and ask you to get paid. But you created this. You don't have to defend it. 
this is how we work here and if you don't like it that's how that's how the you know if you don't like it create something and the mm -hmm. other thing is go I think everybody and you did this in Chicago and I did this in Chicago everybody needs to go out and do their own stuff outside of an institution mm -hmm. I'd like to get your opinion on this so they know like I showed up here and I had all these people all right I didn't have to do anything for that I appreciate that because I was in Chicago handing out flyers and I had four people show up <laughs> yeah people are spoiled as shit to be quite frank and honest they don't know what it's like and, it, and that's why when this guy was talking to me on the phone I was like what when he was interviewing me I was like what the fuck is going on because I, I couldn't believe he was on the attack with me this this uh, journalist I was like and he kept I don't know if you've ever had an interview where you feel like the journalist has an agenda and he's just gonna keep asking questions to you fulfill his agenda that's what was going on and I was like, you're you're not you're not listening to the other side of what I'm saying. You're just listening to this one side. But uh, uh, he just totally wasn't getting it. I was like, look, do these people even know what it started? I don't even know if they know how it why started. Don't you, why don't you, but a stand-up who performed. You, you would open our, a new. You'd open the second space, which was a stand-up space. East, right? But it's not okay. It, we have four shows out of thirty to forty shows. Okay. Do stand-up. Okay. Um, a guy, uh, a professional stand-up guy who has specials, can go down to Comedy Star kind of guy. Did our room, didn't get paid, and was like, hey, they don't pay here, what's up with that? He knew beforehand he didn't get paid, but on his Facebook he kind of had a rant about right. it. Then every stand-up in the, not every stand-up, a lot of stand-ups who have nothing to do with our theater start going, yeah, that is bullshit. Then people from Hawaii and Denver <laughs> And you know wherever going, yeah, that's bullshit. In my Hawaiian stand-up club or whatever. So everyone in the world is weighing in, except for UCB people. So when this guy's interviewing, I'm like, you know, none of these complaints came from UCB. They came from people who aren't part of our theater. Some competing with our theater and have an agenda against our theater. So it's like, why you're not getting the full story? What's the what's the complaint? You know. Who, who's complaining? But my question to you is, why do you feel? I mean, UCB, it, it, you guys are. I mean, you're like an empire, and if any, you know, you, it's hard. To, there's a waiting list to get into classes. If you know, all your people go on to do great stuff. People want to get it on their resume. Why do you feel you need to defend that? I don't. But guy calls me. What am I going to do? <laughs> I mean, what do you mean? I mean, it's like okay, this is how we operate. Mm -hmm. This is our our procedure. Yeah. You know. Take it or leave it. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we agree on something. <laughs> no, I know, but, but but when a guy's on the phone, I gotta defend it. When he's when he's saying the, I'm doing a a, a stand up phone. I just noticed. Right. <laughs> well, it, 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 it won't get lost in the podcast. So I I, I didn't finish this, something I was okay. gonna say earlier. Eventually, we hope to make money from the school it used to be for. At this point, it's always gone to fund the next thing. Like the money we've built up goes to buy the UCB East. It goes to start this it goes to start ucbcomedy.com hopefully we can be in the black one day with our school and make money from it and i can i, I hope you make a lot of money from it i really do because here's the thing because you that's in, that's an example for other people that want to do it but i want to finish but the theater we're not going to so Ever. even if it gets in the black no because we don't we don't need to because it barely makes any money anyway and there's always going to be some other creative project to put something into that the theater can be involved in so we don't see any reason to ever take that money 
not even a little check at the end of the year Christmas <laughs> bonus. But compared to what we can make in the school, it's just nothing. Like mm -hmm. free, five dollars, ten dollars a few shows a week. It's just nothing. And we like it that way. That was the whole point. Let's get butts in the seats. Okay, let's talk about improv. Yeah. Okay. Let's get so we're going to improvise. Um, I'm totally terrified to improvise with you. I haven't improvised in a long we're time. We're about to improvise or talk about improv. <laughs> we're about. We're about to. <laughs> do you do that as a do you do that as a fan or is that who you really are? Well, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. That's like, <laughs> who I am. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, another, another, another rumor people say, <laughs> Matt Basser is aloof, Matt Basser is a jerk. Have you heard that? <laughs> and what do you say to that? Was I just a jerk to you? Okay, <laughs> yes. How was I a jerk? <laughs> kind of like the superior, like, kind of like, eh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I address that. Okay. I certainly Please. wasn't being superior. Okay. I, I oh, thought well, I was you. asking you, are we about to talk about improv or do it? I okay. really was. Okay. All right. But it relates to a problem I've had in my life, and it goes back to the first time I went to the principal in sixth grade. I walked in, and I didn't even know what I was in trouble for. Mm -hmm. It ended up I threw a tennis ball across the cafeteria. <laughs> but I walked in, and I was just terrified. I didn't know what I did. And, he, and the first thing he said, he goes, wipe that smirk off your face. <laughs> I was like, I don't have In my mind, I was like, I'm not smirking. I'm the opposite of smirking. I'm terrified right now. And that's, that just happened. I was like, I wasn't. Did you guys think I was being mean to you? No, I'm not going to agree with you because there's a lot of them are students. Don't agree? Who's I'm not sitting... a student? Who's not a student? Was, did I, was I just mean to him? No. Did you see that? Are you on the waiting list to get in? <laughs> I've heard that you're very sensitive. I have heard I'm insecure. And I'll tell you another thing. Deep down, I feel like I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I like to say this when okay. I started doing comedy and there's a place called the Annoyance Theater I went and saw Jimmy do his one man shows and it was truly inspiring and like I was talking about Annie Kaufman and uh, others uh, blowing my mind as far as one man shows go you blew my mind you opened me up to wow what because I had this thing one man shows is something talk about being pretentious right that's what that is and not and not being funny but when I saw yours it was just one fucking story and you it lasted for an hour and it was unbelievable it was great what was the name of the first I'm one I'm 27 I still live at home until office supplies so great and <laughs> uh, he did this whole bit about doing cocaine and and cleaning his house I'll never forget that and what was the name of your second show it was called uh, Since We Last Talked. Yeah. Those are the two. I'm not sure if I was around for the third one. But no, I, I think I, you, you were gone by then. Yeah, yeah but the, those first two were so amazing. Are you insecure? What are yes, you insecure I about? am, and I'm, I'm socially inept. All you motherfuckers are if you're comedians. That's I what I think. I agree. Um, yeah, I what am. Are, I'm socially awkward. What are you insecure about? But until I know somebody and I can joke around with them, I'm not comfortable with people. And that is my experience with you. Like when you see you in a social setting, people go, oh, Bester's aloof. But, but, once you but when I'm in neutral, I'm like this. This is me in neutral. And people are like, what's he mad about? <laughs> I'm in neutral. I'm sorry I'm not a big, smiley, huggy no, guy. That's but, not but, who but, I am. But people will say he's aloof or whatever. 
And then I would always say, if you got to, if you spent some time with him and get to know him, mm -hmm. he's th th that's just a, a facade. Do you think that's a fair assessment of you? Yeah, I think that's maybe a fair assessment of a lot of people that get that rap. Mm -hmm. But I would say to those people, I bet I won't like a lot of those people <laughs> that are calling me aloof. Cause like, what kind of person feels like I should be so nice to them and I don't know them? Like, I, th those kind of people kind of make me mad. Like, what do I owe you? I'm just this fucking guy. Uh, in, that, in that thing you are talking about earlier, people on Facebook started to pile on. They're like, yeah, when I was at UCB, they were so clicky. Okay, I've heard that. What does that mean? Everywhere is clicky. Clicks is just a word for a group of friends. <laughs> you go into a place and you hang out, and if people like you, you become part of that group of friends. And if you don't, you don't. You gotta find your own group of friends. <laughs> UCB is no more clicky than any other theater or group, large group of people. I think that's nuts. You think that's not true? You think like, I don't oh know. no, the I.O., no, they're no, so no, nice no. over there and we're so flicky. No, 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 I don't know. I'm just saying this you is You do know, you're part of these theaters. Well, I don't know the L.A. scene. What about Chicago? Are they not clicky in Chicago? Well, don't you think when we were at the I.O., there was a hierarchy there? Yeah! You know? <laughs> but that's but what the life. Okay, what I hear about here, great school, great, great school, but people are trying to hustle to get uh, get on teams and stuff like that. It's kind of hipster, uh, <laughs> kind of stuff. Hipster. Okay. <sighs> How people who say that aren't funny. <laughs> Serious. They're bitter people who aren't funny and have been cut are not, they're not getting what they want. So they go, the reason I'm not getting what I want is because that place is clicky. It's like, really? Is that it? Or are okay. you just not funny? Okay. So what advice would you give them to get on a Herald team? Well, first I'd say be realistic. Look how many Herald teams there are and how, how many, many are students. There? How many are there? I don't Break know. It down. Seven? Six, seven. Six, seven. And we keep it that way. We could have 12, 14 if we wanted to, but we keep it because we want there to be quality control. And I think our seven, I'll put our seven Herald teams against every theater. Okay. I think, and I'm proud of that and I think they're the best. And our artistic directors and all our teachers are really focused on making the best. And it's therefore, it's hard to get on. And once you do get on, it's hard to stay on. And you should be proud. And that's why if you can get on a Herald team and last for two years, you should be really fucking proud. And that's a really great thing. So the odds of that happening are pretty low. You gotta be realistic about it. But does that mean you don't try? So what do you tell the student? He spent a ton of money. He was on a Herald team for a year or two years. He gets cut. What do you tell him? What He's advice? On a Herald team for two years. He did really good. Okay, but he wants to continue to perform. What advice would you give him? Because you know, if the, he's been on a Herald team for two years, that means he's a big part of this community, and then he's he should be invited. Either his team's going to be made a, a regular night, which is usually what happens when a Herald team lasts for a long time. They get a regular spot off of Herald night. That, Here at this theater? Yeah. Okay. Or uh, that team gets broken up and he becomes part of other projects. I mean, that's usually what happens. And if it doesn't happen, what do you think about that guy? If he's not asked to keep going along, he must not be working here with that group. I don't know. It's just a natural but selection. If they, but here's the thing. If they don't make it here, right? 
this isn't the end of the line. And that's what I see a lot in Chicago. They don't get on a Herald team or don't get hired by Second City. They think it's the end of the line. And I mean, and you what are, is the line? Well, to continue to, to continue to perform improv and sketch, uh -huh. you know, th th this place isn't going to make you right if you don't get if you know when you have a lot of people that have gone on and they're become famous from here and stuff like that, I think a lot of students think, oh my God, if I don't get on a Herald team at UCB, it's over for me. And I would say to them, let's just let's yeah. have that do the scene right okay. now. Okay. So you be that guy. Okay. <laughs> so you just got cut from a Herald team. Yeah. Okay. First teacher here. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you. Yeah. How's it going, Jimmy? It's going good. It's going good. Uh, I'm, I just, um, I was just wondering, uh, I got a phone call from mm -hmm. uh, Kale, who's in my group, yeah. and he said that you're, you're cutting us. Yeah, I'm sorry I only called Kale. <laughs> uh, he wasn't supposed to spread the news. I was going to call everybody, but now you've come into my office. Yeah, we're cutting you guys. Um, we feel you've been around a long time. Two we, years is yeah, a long we, time. Yeah, we have. Herald. And our shows sell out all the time. I mean... All the Herald shows sell out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's partly you guys, but we don't really judge it on if it's selling out or not. It's more about how you guys are performing. We feel a lot of you guys are getting pulled to some other shows. And um, so we're just gonna see how that happens. A lot of people get pulled into other shows and some won't. Are you upset? Yeah, I'm really upset. You seem upset, why? Because, because I came here um, to the UCB in, in particular because I used to watch um, your Comedy Central show. Oh really, yeah. you saw the show? Yeah. I'll put you on a hero team for sure. <laughs> Anyone no, don't patronize me. No, no, don't patronize me. I was joking. I, I was yeah, joking. I know. I heard you're a jerk. Have <laughs> <laughs> I been a jerk to you? Yeah. When? Yeah. In class. How was I? Jerk you were to like you, in class? you like, like you like you like you like yelled at me like you said that's not funny. Get off the stage. <laughs> Did I say it that way? Yes, you or is that the way you remember it? <laughs> you is that said the it. subtext, maybe? <laughs> Are you saying that's what I heard versus that's what you said? Yeah. That's no, what that's said. what you said, because I wrote it down in my journal. <laughs> <laughs> I was journaling it through that class. I'm going to start videotaping all my classes. Okay, fine. If, <laughs> yeah, if that's what you like have to do, camp. if that's what you have to do, to make yourself feel better. You were very aggressive. I've heard, I've heard about this on your Herald team. This is the end of the line for you. I'm joking. But I heard you, you you were saying the sentiment over at the bar that this you felt like this was the end of the line. What do you mean the end of the line? This is it. I mean, if I didn't make it for... On stage for UCB. Here's my. Let me tell you my five-year plan. Right? My five-year plan was. Okay. I moved. Okay. Where'd you move from? I moved a couple times. All right. <laughs> I moved around a lot. Okay. okay. And Bring I, your voice down. We're teaching classes right now. Well, you know what? Maybe you should soundproof those walls. You guys got a lot of money. I heard. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Okay, so I moved here particularly to do UCB and then to get hired as a writer on either The Daily Show, Colbert, or Conan. That was my, that in that order. Okay. So you came to New York with a dream of writing, so you took improv classes. Yes, because I heard that you guys teach uh, uh, to write on your feet, and that's what I've been doing since I got here. Okay, that is a misconception a little bit of writing on your feet. That sounds like something said by other theaters about us. But uh, yes, we that skill comes out, and you haven't felt like you've gotten that? Well, we I never, got the skill, but I didn't get the opportunity to be discovered by... by you did get the opportunity. Yeah, you were on stage. Yeah, but I'm not working at, at, at Colbert <laughs> or, or, or Daily Show or uh, Conan. You think everyone that goes to the stage is going to get on those shows? Yes, if I stay here long enough, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to I'm going to get I'm going to get a writing job. Look at Andy Daly. <laughs> he wasn't on Colbert. Okay, I'm I'm just using that as an example. <laughs> okay. What okay. about him? Okay. How about Rob Riggle? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what you're saying though. What I'm about saying them? that those guys have careers now. Okay. Not I am not. Everybody does. Are you saying I'm not funny? You no. think you're telling me I should give up? No, why not just do, what are, what do you, this is what I would say too, what do you feel best about in your performance, in your comedy, what do you feel best about? Well, I'm a great initiator. Okay. So yeah, and I improv. Do you only improvise? Do you do yeah, sketch why, or stand up? No, why should I do that? I'm at the UCB. <laughs> well, if you're going to be a writer, I would say you should do sketch. No, you you don't, you're not listening to me. Just like in class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do improv. I didn't listen to you in class? No. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. There. It was that kind of there. Look. I will admit, what you saw in my face is exactly what I just felt. <laughs> I am frustrated with you right now. Man. Well, I don't want my team to be cut, all right? I think if you give us like five or six months, I think somebody's going to come in, they're going to discover me, and and then I'm going it, 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 to have a job. I think that's a little irrational, thinking it happens like that. Well, how does it happen? You keep doing what you feel you're best at doing in comedy, okay? And the more you do it, if you're really good at it, you become undeniable at some point. Where just people can't deny you. You're going to be so good, people want to have you on an improv team. So you don't have to worry about Harold Knight anymore. If you're really that good and that great, and that's what you but do. But I have nowhere to perform now. But you can perform here in other nights. You don't want to be on Harold Knight forever, do you? Well, that's how Andy Daly got discovered. No, he moved on. Oh, what about Amy? Amy got... Saturday Night Live from that. She was not on a Herald team, though. She was on something else. She was on a sketch group. <laughs> Can I take a water? Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to charge me for it, are you? No, we never do. You need to breathe, man. <laughs> Did I really yell at you in class? Yes, you yelled, yelled at the whole at class. Yeah, at the whole class. <laughs> first time, see, I was listening. The first time you said I was just yelling at you. But see, the thing is, with me, it doesn't matter who you yell at. If someone yells across the street, I think they're yelling at me. <laughs> Someone's like, hey, Cabby, you're like, what did I what do? What I do? 
right. Uh, what? Give me the. Can you just do mimic me? Can you just show me how I did it? How I yelled? I want to hear what you think. But try to be realistic. <laughs> Bing B giving you a no. All right, you're like, you guys get off the stage, you're not funny. <laughs> get off now, you're taking up my space. I said you're taking up my space. You're taking up my space and you're taking up my time. If I said that that was awful, I must have been in a bad mood. I'm sorry. Were, were you high then? Because I heard that you're not, you, you, you No, know. Jimmy Crane talked about me being high way too much. <laughs> and that spreads the rumor. But, uh, he, he always mentions it. You ever listen to Improv Nerd? <laughs> do. Every time he gets do. a chance, he talks about you getting home. Oh, what's up with that? <laughs> and it's funny because... He did fucking blow for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. high after an improv show? And it's funny because he doesn't drink or do drugs anymore. He hasn't in a long time. Uh, I know. Do you think, like, vicariously he, he's jealous? I think, I think so. Yeah. 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 I've heard that he's jealous of other people's success. He has a real hard time. <laughs> That's almost more understandable. He's jealous of other people getting high? No, yeah, yeah. Did he say, oh, one more thing. Did he say for you not to leave Chicago to go to New York? He did. Okay. I bet he regrets that. <laughs> Now, you know why I like that scene? Yeah, why? Because there was so much honesty in it, don't you think? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, and that's why I kept going, did I say that? Because I wanted to see, like, cause I would never say what you said I right. said. But I, I have used the top of my voice, let's say. But I would like to hear, like, a note that I've given where I was at my angriest. I think anytime I've, like yelled in a class it's because i felt like they're just not getting it and maybe that's when i'm emulating dell but like sometimes i felt like dell had to snap everybody out of it right like you guys are doing the same thing over and over again let's get out of this you know you have to come on come on right but i don't think i would ever go you guys aren't funny <laughs> so i wanted i wanted to get in a more realistic okay I, I took that really from our conversation because I thought, well, he's influenced by Dell. Maybe that's something he would have said. Dell right? wouldn't have said that, do you think? Um, he yelled a lot and he humiliated people with notes. But every time, I, I don't think like he would have said that. But he would have probably said like, "You're wa you're wasting my time up there." Don't you think yeah, he would have yeah, said yeah, something say like that? that? You'd say that. Yeah. But maybe I think it'd be true though. <laughs> <laughs> he, you are wasting his time if you're not listening and you're not doing the exercise the way he's uh, teaching it. Can I ask you something? You mentioned something, because I'm a total control freak, and I think a lot of us that do this are control freaks and we're trying to let go of our control. Would you, what, what do you think about that? Wow. The reason I do it is because of that? You're a control freak. It? Yeah, and, and it's a way of, of like trying to let go of being less of a control freak. No. Okay. I don't think that's why I do it. But maybe. Okay. I never thought about it. Okay. That way. But you can you can uh, Facebook me that. Um, can we talk about the improv for just a second? I'm afraid to say, are we gonna do it or talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> can, we just, can we just do it? Okay. So um, what I liked was the honesty about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And in my head, working with you, I'm like, oh, we gotta play a game, mm -hmm. right? 
Was there a game there, or, or? Um, I don't know if we ever focused on it because I was trying to keep it. I, I guess the game was your character was kind of the game, like the guy who doesn't get that you don't just get something because you want it. Right. Like to me, that was the funniest part of the scene. <laughs> the guy just doesn't get just because you want something and you're on this line that you saw other people were on doesn't mean you're going to get it too that seemed to be the unusual thing in the scene to focus on so i was just trying to be grounded to be as real as possible mm -hmm. um, i don't think enough people give you guys credit for being grounded and real no they don't Jimmy. You know? they, they don't they don't get it because when i hear criticisms and that's when you asked me to do this show i right. said what i want to get into on the show is why do people diss the way we do improv so much and you must hear that you hear that in Chicago yeah, right? I certainly do people yeah. disrespecting the way we do it uh, why do you think that is um, why is our way of improvising so threatening to them like they don't have to do it but why why are they so negative about it it's so well, weird I, think, I, I don't I, I don't think it's everybody I think you know I can only relate this story mm -hmm. I Mick Napier, who, you know, was in the Annoyance Theater, uh, or created the Annoyance Theater, wrote this book, Improvising, yes. that. he created his own style. Yes. And I remember when I was teaching, or I still teach, actually, people would come into my class and they'd say, well, Mick said this and Mick said that, yes. all right? Yes, I and know I'm gonna, where you're going, Good. And I was jealous, and I was threatened by it, and I was like, I didn't understand it. And so I, I would ask the students, you know, what did he say, and stuff like that. And then I started to realize that, it doesn't matter if it's UCB, it doesn't matter if it's Annoyance or Second City, we're all kind of going for the same thing, don't you think? What do you mean, going for the same well, thing? Well, we're, we're not as, you know, like, you have a, you have a particular brand of, 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 you've created your own genre, basically. Yeah, okay. You know, and so I think when people don't understand that, for me, they can feel threatened by it, they can feel jealous by it, they can feel envious by it. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, I was like, you know, people would say Mick in class and I'd be like, whatever. And the more I started to learn, you know, learn about what Mick was teaching, I'm like, okay, we're, we're not that far apart. We're, we're, we're overlapping stuff. Mm -hmm. We might not be teaching exactly the same thing, but there's overlap. And that's why I'm saying you guys are, you guys play grounded, you play grounded and real, and you also play fast. And so there's overlap there. A few, a few things on that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> One, I'd say our methodology and mixed methodology are almost complete opposites and they're not much overlap. Okay. Like, from what I understand, and I've read his book, right. um, the main difference is, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, but they have this thing of when two improvisers step out, no matter what you have, don't let go of it. Am mm -hmm. I right about that? Yes. And that part of his yes. thing? So hold on to your own thing no matter what the other person's thing is. We definitely don't have that. We have whoever steps out first and makes an initiation. It doesn't have to be a premise initiation. It can be in an organic scene and they're just like, they're a farmer and they're getting their cow. If you step, if you had an idea to be an astronaut, don't come out here and be an astronaut next to this farmer. Mm -hmm. Be another farmer uh, and start improvising. Whereas the way I understand it, you should stay being an astronaut. But but aren't we all trying to get people to be in the moment? I mean, isn't that and to be spontaneous? Yeah, but I, that's the language that be in the moment thing isn't really our language. But yes, to me, I think when you guys say be in the moment, we say be 
keep uh, be committed and keep it real. Right. And I think those are saying pretty much the same thing. Mm -hmm. But when you say, and I've heard other improvisers from Chicago say, say be in the moment, like that's the most important thing to me. I'm like, okay, I understand that being committed and acting well, that's the way I put it. Right. Act well, be real. Um, I hear you guys say, uh, what's your emotion? Um, what's their emotion? What do you want? And I feel that's not the language we, we use. And they're right next to each other, but they're not exactly the same. And we're saying the game is the important thing, and all this other stuff is feeding the game. What I hear from other schools is the game is equal to all these other things. We're doing all sorts of different things in the scene, and the game just can be one of the things or cannot be. And us, it's like, that's crazy. The game is the center and all these other things serve the game. Um, but that being said, if, if Mick's method or your method or whoever's method works and it's totally opposite of ours, I'm not going to denigrate it. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't and you follow. And you feel people are denigrating it. I know it. I've heard it. Okay. I've heard it on podcasts. But, but again, here you guys are, UCB, it's an empire. New York, LA. What, what, why, for a guy who goes on stage and doesn't care what the audience thinks most of the time, what, why, why does that bother you? It doesn't really. It's just an intellectual argument or discussion. But right. it, it does, I am intellectually curious about it. And like I started this whole thing saying there's not many things I feel I can talk about intelligently and be an expert on, but improv is one of them. So it fascinates me. That, that people are so upset about the way we do it. And they don't just say it's different, they say it like it's bad. Uh -huh. And I'm like, really? Come see our nights. And like, and the other thing I hear is like, when you said we're writing on our feet, I don't like really to hear that. Mm -hmm. Because that there's some implication of that, that like we're cheating or not being pure. There's another uh, misconception about UCD improv that it's all premise based. A lot of it is, but a lot of it isn't. We do organic improv too. We just believe that if you have an opening to your improv, if your form has an opening, you should use that opening. And that's one thing I think we really have separated ourselves from the rest of the theaters. And I think we've improved upon what we learned at IO in Chicago was, what are we doing with these openings? Like it used to be, when we started, it was like performance art. Sometimes the audience want to leave. They, right. they go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then even as we do it, we. Like, as I was on a Herald team, I'd be like, all right, thank God that's over. Now let's get to the improv. And we weren't really using the opening. I think that's really what we focused on here and, and do well. And that's what gets into the premise base. But we also do improv the swarm on Friday, like where they'll just take a word and start improvising. Mm -hmm. And that's organic. Why don't you come to Chicago? Why don't you open a UCB in Chicago? Uh, we've thought about it. One, out of respect for Sharna. To, it's not really a need for us there, you know. All right, we're going to go to the audience. Uh, Jimmy Otto, if you could turn the lights up, let's add. We're going to ask uh, if you got a question for Matt Besser. Uh, here's your opportunity. Uh, and if you're not on a Herald team, we're not going to. I'm going to cut anyone who. Great. Yes. I'm in a group I care a lot about right now. Here? Uh, no, not 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 that performs on the, the stage at all. Okay. But yeah, we're all trained here. Are you scared talking to me? Well, every time I talk to him, I'm very scared. Okay. Um, <laughs> and um, 
like there, there are ways that I think that we can become better, and a lot of people aren't getting on board with that. And I was wondering, like, how, how, how do you push a group of friends, a group of people to become better at what you all love doing without tearing the group apart itself? Well, you definitely, that is a delicate thing. Like you don't want to be the guy in the group that's telling everybody, we suck and we're doing it wrong. That means you should probably leave, you know, that whoever that person is. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of these things happen with the group sitting down at a table and intellectually discussing something uh, and just going, I don't like the way we do our opening. I don't think it serves us. I think it's gimmicky. I don't like the way we're editing. I don't like, I don't know what it is that you're, you're looking for, or it might be really deeper things. Like I want to do organic versus what we're doing, which is premise. But yeah, you have to sit down and have a discussion. And sometimes it helps to have the coach do it if you feel like you're gonna step on toes. You gotta find a coach who all of you guys agree on, someone you all respect and perhaps even inspiring and, and can maybe become the mediator on that. Right? Yeah, I would yeah, I agree with that. So how long have you been doing it? Uh we've we've been together about nine months. Yeah, I would I would bring the coach in. Yeah. Yeah. But you have a coach already, right? Yeah totally. Yeah. Have you brought it up with him or her? Um, yeah, they. Uh, I, I've asked them to sit in on stuff like that, and they they just don't feel comfortable with it. I guess because they don't ever take up that 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 opportunity. So really, okay, I can see that too. Huh? Well, that we you know improvisers like to avoid conflict, don't you think? Wimps. <laughs> if you avoid conflict, nothing ever gets changed, Jimmy. But I think that. But I don't. You never avoided conflict. No, I don't. You know. <laughs> I wish I, was, I had a little more of that in me. Okay, yes, right here. Uh, after all this time, what's still fun for you? I mean, what do you, after the show's done, what do you go home and with your friends, you're like, oh, I can't believe that happened or that. I mean, what's still fun and funny for you when you're on stage? It's all fun. In fact, I'm, I'm probably addicted to doing ASCAT. Um, uh, and actually in that New York Times article, I think the last line of the article, he was like, uh, don't you feel, I don't know what it was, don't you feel bad not paying people for working? I'm like, working? And it made me laugh. I think I even laughed on the phone. I was like, God, I've never showed up or gone to ask that going, ah, I gotta go to work. Here I am at work. Can't wait to get off work. It's just play. It's fun. And if it's not, then I don't, I don't do the show. I call up and say, I'm not doing the show tonight. Well, how do you uh, make a living then? What do you mean, being an actor? Okay, so you put a ton of hours in here, and then you're, you would consider your day job as, as an actor, doing parts mm -hmm. of movies and TV and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just wondering why, or if you guys have ever thought about um, not letting people pass levels very easily. Like, oh, I think that is what we do. Like, we don't. You can't automatically go from level to level here. The way I understand it. Um, the teachers, we have a we have a grading system. I'm not sh I'm not in the day to day in the school, but I'm pretty sure we have a grading system. I'm not sure if you guys see the grades, but the teachers do, and we discuss it. And if we feel someone's not ready to go to the next level, we tell them. And uh, it's definitely harder to get to level level. Well, have you seen people like, oh, these, this guy should? Or I girl? haven't experienced that so much, but I don't know how. Have you works. seen people like, I don't know why they passed them? It seems like um, you can get through. Like I think past two hundred one, they say that some people don't pass, but from my experience, it seems like the majority of people get through to all the way up to four hundred one. 
Yeah. Hmm. Now she <laughs> she brings up a point. What but it's definitely. I mean, we don't have nearly the numbers at four that we have at one. It's definitely right. a pyramid of people. So. It, I mean, it's just not true. It's just not everybody's getting through. Some people may be dropping out, and some people can't afford it, and some uh, and some people are being told they have to take another level, or they just can't pass on. Well, um, I, I would like to ask you with this question: is like, there's no utopia in a class. You're always gonna. I don't care how hard you weed something out. You're always gonna have a. Not everyone's at the same level. Right, but, so, we, but we were frustrated with that too. I went through that in Chicago, right. where there'd be a couple people in the class who ruined the class for everybody. Right. So but, we, we tried to put that in our system to make sure those people are Right, there. but that's not a, that's not a fail-safe system. There's, I'm sure, a couple people here and there. What would you tell somebody that's in that class, you know, you know, to get the most benefit out of it? You know, you could bitch about about it or. What do you tell them? I mean, I feel like every class I've ever been in has, like, acting or when I was in college, like, there's always someone in the class who doesn't get it. What that, do you do? Right. <laughs> I don't know. What do you do? You have to be nice to them. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? <laughs> you were in class with people who weren't I, as good as everybody yep. else, and you, every once in a while you have to jump out there with them. Mm -hmm. You do the best you can. And if you feel like they're completely disruptive, if they're like literally insane or <laughs> which happens I'd say every level we have someone who's insane <laughs> uh, and is disruptive or racist or sexist or something where you're like oh, okay buddy you can't be this way in class um, or people who just can't deal with people you know um, I don't know what to say you gotta do the best you can uh, does that help you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was surprised by the answer. Just I, I no thought of it because of what you were saying about what you liked about Del Close, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just like I, I don't know if it's a rumor or what, but I thought that there weren't actually like things that people had to pass through. My feeling is yeah, regardless. Is. My feeling is regardless of what system, you're always going to have people that that aren't going to be at the same level. You can call it a master class or whatever, but that's that you know it, it's going to happen. And I think just accepting it, and like man said, get up and work with those people because they 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 you'll learn something from them. One of the harshest notes that I got from Dell, I'd come back to do one of his workshops with people who were less experienced than me. And really, I walked into the workshop thinking I was going to be the big stud. And I stepped on stage and I did some scene and I was doing whatever. And he's like, stop, stop, stop. You weren't listening to that person at all. You didn't respect them at all. And he just fucking chewed my ass out. And he was right. I wasn't listening and I wasn't respecting them. And he really changed me in a way that day. I don't think I behaved like that again. Uh, a couple more questions? Yes, right here. Um, yes, uh, so what is, um, why is it that certain, so say someone went through uh, a second city and actually wrote and, and, and created a show and uh, a bunch of shows and then comes to like maybe Los Angeles and then tries to get into the, uh, the improv program has to start kind of right at the, the base, the base, base level. I, I myself am, am discovering that, but I actually enjoy it because it is a different method than maybe what I've been taught. Um, so to you went to Second City? But in Toronto, so it's quite... But a to I would imagine a totally different 
style. Mm -hmm. No, no, very much so. I mean, we do it. There's so many different styles there. Like it is kind of eclectic. And My question is, why? What? What? What makes it? Why? Why can't there be like that person can go on to like level two? They don't have to start level one. We're kind of it's primarily from I'm what I've discovered. Really sure. Games. I don't know if I have teachers here. I, I thought that our deal here is if you come from the I.O., you right. can start at level two. Yeah. Because um, they teach the most similar style to us, especially level one wise. Right. But we feel by the time you're in level two, you're into our specific curriculum. And we're very proud of how hard we've worked on our curriculum. Right. Um, I think we've worked harder than any other school, frankly. And we're proud of that, and we don't want to just go, yeah, you did level two over there, you can hop in our level three. It just doesn't work that way. For sure, okay. And my question too is, awesome. sorry? I said, I think your curriculum's awesome. Oh, thank you. Great. <laughs> <laughs> in the shadows. Great. Um, <laughs> another question? Yes, right here. Yeah, um, I, I started at the Miles Stroth workshop, and then I came here. Uh, and one thing that, that Miles is just adamant about is respecting the initiation, you know, the first person. And you, you gave the annoyance example of the astronaut. Um, and I just uh, just finished your program, and I found that a lot of teachers here, they, they don't believe in that respect, the initiation. Um, but, well, but my okay. follow-up on that is I, I watched the, the ASCAT DVD, and in the extra features, when you guys are doing the commentary, it's all about respecting the initiation. And I don't have the example memorized, but you'll actually say, now watch, Amy is waiting for Horatio to get out his idea. Now she knows what he wants, and look at Amy take off. Mm -hmm. And Miles talks about most scenes fail in the first 10 seconds. And it's because, you know, the one person's not listening. They don't get the initiation. They're trying to do their, their own thing. I, I was interested what... What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm surprised our teachers, that's upsetting here. I wish you would, one, I kind of doubt it, but uh, that maybe we're, it's a semantics thing, but uh, I wish you'd even tell, I wish you'd tell on them. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is such a big part of our thing, is respect the initiation. Can yeah. you explain that? Oh, uh, that's his phrase. I, I don't know okay. if I, I use that phrase. So the first person that comes out, if two people walk out, whoever makes a definitive choice first, okay. whether it's a posture, like if, if someone walked out like this, like if you're back, if you're on the back line, the, the opening's over, and I come out like this, like that. That's a choice to walk like that, right? Right. Like if I come out like this, there's no initiation yet. But I did walk out first. Mm -hmm. So if I'm you, I'm gonna wait and hear what I have to say. I'm gonna walk out with you and be neutral until I make a choice. And as soon as I make a, a choice, then I'm gonna. If I'm you, I'm gonna try to fit into whatever world that choice is being made. We also don't like to start scenes in silence with just like. I'm doing something you're going to have to figure out over here. <laughs> I'm going I'm to do something that lets you know who, what, where I am, and then you should fall into that right away. Okay, so make a choice. Okay. Uh, looks like this well is almost done. We're going to have to dig a new one. All right, I think you're right there, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> well, you expected it. You're a little close to me. <laughs> As a character, I have no problem with being this close to you, but as a person, I have a problem. 
anybody. Isn't that weird? Yeah, like if we were weird. doing a scene, I would have no problem with this, but if we're just talking about <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird? Well, how about, can you use that? It, it, okay, so so that's coming up, so use it. All right. Uh, well, we're working on the wells today. Yeah. I think we get more accomplished if we give each other a little elbow room. I think that's room. a great idea. I know. Yeah. See, like yeah, when I good. pump there, you know, yeah. my elbow moves more yeah, if you're away from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was thinking maybe that. It's a huge ranch. Look how close you're standing. Um, no, you can say we see every horizon, yeah, but you, yeah. you're just right there. Yeah, well, I can see the I can see the mountains yeah. over there. From I'll let you see it even yeah, a little better. better. Okay. There so, we go. Like I was saying, so I set the meter at like 64. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking that maybe if push we, you down yeah. the well. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> right. but, uh, but the problem there is. Uh oh. Yes. <laughs> you didn't let Matt. Get out his idea. Miles says, so you got to give the guy two or three lines. You got up on him and whoa, changed whoa, the whoa. game. He didn't make another initiation, though. He he was still neutral, and I think Miles would agree with this. You cannot, it doesn't mean don't talk. You can still don't talk. Understand. Well, he didn't make any, he didn't do anything that took away from what I'd already provided. So to me, he was doing great. He was just waiting for the next thing to happen. And if we were doing organic improv, which is pretty much what we just did, like you said, use right. Use what's happening. Right. To me, the, the most unusual thing was how close you were standing <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah. Right. So that's what the game became. Okay. So I didn't see anything wrong with what he did. He was respecting the initiation. He would not be respecting it. I don't even want to just do a denial. Uh, no, the well has plenty of water. That would be one way, but that's just a <laughs> denial. I guess it would be uh, if he went... Uh, if I he, put, he dropped another premise. I don't know right. what the premise would be. But and I'd go. I stepped out first, and he didn't let me get a chance to get anything out. If we're doing organic improv, all bets are off. You just start a scene, and that's how it happens. But if there's an opening in our teaching. Why is there an opening? There's an opening, so I'm going to pull something from it. So if I'm going to pull something from it, let me lay it out on the stage and show you what I'm pulling before you start making your own initiations that's how we feel we and otherwise we feel that's selfish it's like why would you you can start another scene you can use your idea in another scene for the group scene for another scene i started this scene let's go with this scene now that's our philosophy i want you people are asking about groups and stuff like that you dated amy when i knew you in chicago you guys broke up when you were in new york what advice would you give people today about dating <laughs> in groups <laughs> <laughs> dating in groups. Uh, who here is dating in a group? Anybody? I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Yeah. And, and how was that experience? Uh, she did a sweep edit on me. It ended poorly. Really? Yeah. Was that a hard time for you when you broke up with Amy? Because. What's happening? <laughs> has, has no one's talked about that? Did uh, people knew you guys? I don't know. Do you guys no. know? Yo, man dated Amy Poehler when I knew you in Chicago, and then when you guys went to New York, mm -hmm. and then I think... After I broke up with uh, Judy Tenuta. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
And did you date? Did you date? Paula, I was fucking Paul Poundstone. <laughs> You got she comes out of the closet. She goes, I'm a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> people that don't know that? I don't know. I don't know people. Who uh, did, did other people know that? No, it's not on Wikipedia. It's not on Wikipedia? Yeah, it's not on Wikipedia. It was not on Wikipedia. Would you mind tonight? <laughs> yeah. Going home? How, how was that time? Breaking it. You're in New York. Uh, we've upset this guy. <laughs> he's got to get, get to class. You're in New York. It's the last season of, of I believe, right? It's the last season of uh, UCB on Comedy Central, which I heard was a very stressful. The last season was very stressful, and you're breaking up with Amy. How was that? How'd you get over? Stay in a group with somebody like that? I think because it wasn't such a bad breakup. I think we knew it was over a long time before that. Everybody be really silent right now. I've never seen you this uncomfortable. I'm not, it's just weird to talk about okay. relationship shit. How? This isn't love nerd. <laughs> uh, if the question is, how is that in a group? I'd say avoid it if possible. I mean, uh, but hey, Super Chunk is okay. I think. Uh, <laughs> Super Chunk is a team here, and people. No, are... it's a band. <laughs> um, we're the two, the main. I guess Sonic Youth. Are they okay now? I don't know. They broke up. Sonic <laughs> Youth broke up. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, Kim Gordon. No, I know, but Sonic Youth is okay. That's they what I'm saying. Sense. Um, <laughs> how how has your relationship with the original four changed over the years? We're great friends. I don't know. I mean, I see them all the time. Walsh and Ian in particular, I just see all the time. I've become better and better friends, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, we got uh, we got to wrap this up, but we'll take a couple more questions real quick. Okay, I just want to know, how has improv helped your stand-up and your acting? That's interesting. One, I'll say this, you didn't ask me this. No, okay. I did. But I think I'm a better improviser now than I've ever been. I don't know. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like you get better and better? Or are you, you, you plateau? I, I had such low self-esteem, I couldn't. I, I it's hard to say. But I think, I, I, think, I think getting older, you have more stuff to draw. Like, getting married gave me a lot more material. I'm sure having a kid is going to give you a lot. Don't, don't you think? Yeah, that it's material, a lot but still, it's, it's not just that, though. I think it's the ease of doing it. Like, I, I feel like I'm completely at ease doing it now. In Chicago, even I think the family's the best improv I ever did uh -huh. as a group because we rehearsed so much right. and we had a director and we were so very serious about it. But the most at ease and probably most funny and most fun improv I've done in ASCAT. I think the other thing, Matt, to me is like starting out when we were in our twenties. It was like every you it was like oh I got to get on SNL or I got to you know you're pushing and like now for me it's like more mental. It's more for your ment my mental health. Do you feel that same way? I mean, it's totally fun now. To me, I get on stage now for two different reasons. Sorry, I don't think I've answered your question yet. Uh, either to have fun, and that's ASCAT, or to hone or workshop something that I'm gonna sell or do something with. So when I do stand-up, I have a more product-oriented mentality about it. I'm like, I'm eventually gonna do this in a festival, I might record this eventually. I have a stand-up album out right now that I workshop for years on this stage to different characters. So I look at that and getting on stage and doing that for that reason. Improv is more just purely fun for me at this point. 
Um, I tell you, there's less pressure on it. Yeah, since it's, there's no end game. Right. That's, that's why when I was talking to your character, I'm like, what is the line? What is the end of the line? What's this line you're on, you know? Um, My poor character. I wonder whatever will happen. He'll <laughs> <laughs> probably call here tomorrow trying to get into classes and start <laughs> over again. He yeah. needs to smoke some of that pot. He wanted me to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can I? It's about the pot thing, and then we, let's answer this okay. question. But <laughs> I, I act better because just I've done so much improv. You just start to act better from doing it. I really think I've learned to act from doing if I can from just doing it over and over and over again more. And I've taken acting classes too, but I think the improv's done more. The, the pot thing always amazed me. You know, it certainly was jealousy in, that I couldn't do it. But we would do, we would do uh, Armando in Chicago. Sure. And you'd run back to the green room, and it was like an opening. I think I'd day. walk back. Go ahead. Well, by the time I got there, you had a one-hitter in your mouth, and you had six people around providing you pot. And the thing that I, no, me providing them okay, pot. Okay. <laughs> the thing that I always think was, you had so much freaking drive. Yeah. And pot is known to take drive away from you. Uh -huh. How did how how did that work? Um, when I went to college, I hadn't smoked pot yet. In freshman year, I was such a hyperactive. I was just so so much energy. I was considered, I don't know, I was considered obnoxious and like hard to be around. I totally hyperactive <laughs> to the point where I had this acne medicine from high school that I brought to college with me, like you, pills. You had bad acne. Yeah. Okay. Probably not as bad as the, what merited the pills, but what? Right. But I did, you don't have any scars on your face. No, I'm no, looking. No. Yeah. So it's okay. I didn't even eat the. I used I eat them. I didn't even <laughs> take these pills in freshman year. So I had this huge bottle of pills. But I ended up telling my roommates they were hyperactive pills because I wanted to get out of the room. I wanted to get moved to another room. I was like, these are my hyperactive pills. <laughs> so you, anyway, okay. when I smoked pot, it kind of took the edge off of all that. <laughs> so I feel like, like you're saying, it, it brings people down, yeah. makes them apathetic. I feel like I was so up and, I don't want to say ADD, but just so crazy that way. I think it, it took the edge off. So you were self-medicating? Yeah. Okay. Um, one more question, then we got to go. Right here. Um, I've always been curious about the status of the UCD book that I've been in development for a while. Yes, sir. I was just kind of wondering about both the development of that book and is there any sort of fear that once you publish your book of what's, you know, official UCB kind of uh, learning, is there this kind of fear that uh, people will extrapolate from the theater, like, something and just take from it whatever they choose to from the book as opposed to actual you know, uh, taking classes. Oh, well, it's interesting you say that because we wrote the book specifically in mind for people who are not in a big city to be able to read and who don't have anyone around them that, because we think truth and comedy, it's a good book, but if you're not taking a class, it's kind of hard to understand. Um, to us, that's the best book available right now. And we wrote it with the intention that someone in bumfuck Alabama can read it. <laughs> they've never seen an improv show and they still can understand it. So in a way, that's kind of a goal of the book is to have that happen. Um, there's nothing better than taking classes. And we think we have great classes. So I don't think we have, that's not a, a worry of ours. It's, <laughs> I've been promising it's gonna come out for the last three years. I really hope it's gonna come out by this DCM. Right now it's being, uh, uh, call it edited, so. I hate to go by DCM 15 for sure, but that's our goal. <laughs>
We're really proud of it. We worked on it for like six years. Big, big thing. What, 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 I just want to end with this question. What have you not done that you'd like to do? Um, I'd probably like to get on a, a show that gives me a little more stability. Like, it's great to, uh, I'm developing a show right now for IFC. That would be great. Um, when it might be on someone else's show, but it, it does when you get older just to have to be sludging through all the auditions and I do get a lot of sitcom roles, but there's not any stability in that. Like you get guest star roles. And right, right. But I've never been a regular or anything. I think that's what we're all looking for. Mm -hmm. I'd love to be a regular on some show, give you a little bit of stability. That'd be great. Matt Besser, thank you so much. <laughs> There's another episode of Improv Nerd. I want to thank our guest, UCB's own, Matt Besser, and the UCB Theater for hosting us. Uh, I truly, truly appreciate it. I want to thank my uh, producer here in Los Angeles, Dustin. I didn't even get your last name. It's Dustin Marshall. Thank you so much uh, for producing us. Uh, and my wife, Lauren Heist, for coming out and helping. And as always, our producer back in Chicago, Ben Caprero. Uh, and if you are interested in any of the... Uh, uh, feral audio uh, pro uh, podcasts go to feralaudio.com you'll find us improv nerd you'll find brain warp the baby eater chelsea peretti has a show who else has a show dustin dan Harmon has it uh, harmontown is now on here so check that out and you know what we don't make uh, any money as the talent so uh we don't do we so uh, there's a donate button that really would help us. So if you get a chance, donate for that. Uh, and so uh, if you need any more information about me, Jimmy Corain, and my award-winning classes, uh, The Artist Low Comedy, or my improv blog, I have a great one about doing bad shows. Check that out. Go to jimmycorain.com. And please, 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 please like us on Facebook. That's Improv Nerd. It's, it helps with my self-esteem. Uh, and as always, remember, walk, don't run. Hello, I'm Dave Ross. Hey, and I'm Hampton Young. And we host Suicide Buddies on Starburns Audio. That's right. It's a podcast about suicide, but not to make light of it. We actually talk about suicidal thoughts, depression, kind of with a sense of levity that Dave and I have with each other. He's my best friend. Come on. Yeah, we're buddies. <laughs> suicide Buddies. <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> One of our favorite episodes that we've recorded so far is about this guy, Jan Pataki, who was a Polish aristocrat in the 19th century. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, one of the reasons it's possible that he killed himself <laughs> is that he thought he was a werewolf. Oh. Check out a clip. It also makes me think, like, we were talking about in the Norway uh, black metal episode, how, like, just the culture of your surroundings can affect you. Like, yeah. he's in a castle in Poland. <laughs> He's like, I mean, if you yeah. lived in a castle in Poland and no one knew anything about anything, you might be like, I'm a bat. I'm probably a bat. <laughs> <laughs> That's like literally what happened to Batman. He literally is in his mansion. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm a, a bat. bat. I'm a bat. I'm a <laughs> bat. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, bat. a bat that helps people. <laughs> 
I'm a bat that helps people. I'm a, I'm a rich, I don't know what you want from me. And, uh, my, and my girlfriend, she's a cat. She's a cat. My she, girlfriend's she, a cat. She steals things. She's a woman who steals things. She's a cat. I'm a bat. I'm a I bat. Help people. She's a cat. We fight a penguin. My, uh, my, 